0: So today we're continuing our series uh, called sp- on spiritual maturity, growing us to spiritual maturity. You know, you've, you've probably been in church for a while, some of you, and you've seen people that, that never grew spiritually or at some point there was a point in their life where you realized, oh my goodness, these people hardly believe in Christ and they don't know and they've been coming to church for a long time. You know, that's not what I, I, I'm not interested in going to church and not growing, and I'm not interested in that for you. I want you to feel like you have a path to growth. And so over the last couple of months, that's what we've been focusing on. So I would encourage you to go to our website. There's sermons out there that you can listen to, but getting on a path to growth spiritually. And one of those things that you can do is commit to being at church at least once a week, right? Maybe come to a small group. Be a part of. Communicate to each other throughout the week. Um, read your Bible throughout the week. These are paths to spiritual maturity. Pray. Take time to pray. Uh, you know, and it's funny because people will, will boast, well, I, I prayed for an hour this morning. That's great. What did you pray about? I just said a bunch of words. Okay. Jesus talked about just say what needs to be said. He didn't say, go and pray for an hour. He said, go and say what needs to be said. Uh, Don't babble on. So Jesus gave us some instruction on how to grow spiritually. So those those are the things we've been focusing on. Well, today, I want to talk to you about something that's important for us to understand, and that is timing is crucial in God's life and in our lives. With maturity comes an understanding that there's timing to everything. Mature people seem to understand that there's a rhythm to life. The older you get, the more you see people just start meandering. I'll get there when I get there, right? That comes with physical maturity. And uh, whenever I'm tempted to freak out over my schedule, if I've got a conflict in my schedule, I've learned to say to myself, look, the conflict is 3 o'clock tomorrow, It's going to work out somehow, and here's the good news, and I talk to myself, here's the good news. By tomorrow night when I go to bed, that conflict is going to be over, and we'll just deal with it after that, right? It's going to be over. I'm going to get past it. In your spiritual life, as you grow to spiritual maturity in Christ, you will also come to an understanding that God has perfect timing in everything that He does. How many of you have seen God's timing throughout your life? specific things that happened that you didn't understand, that, wow, that happened in just the right time. And it may seem like he made a mistake. It may seem like he missed the mark himself, and you know God doesn't miss the mark. But it may seem like it. It may look like, well, if, God, you had done something at this specific time, this would not have happened this way. Or it may seem like there's a a, a cosmic conflict, that something happened and God was out of kilter. But you're dealing with the God who created the greatest watch ever, called the universe. He created the giant clock that our little clocks are set by. God knows timing. He knows when and what and where He wants things done and where He wants His people to be. Throughout the years, how many, of time, how many times have you seen, been able to see the timing of God in your life when, when, it came, when it was that job that just came along at just the right time? Or that husband or that wife or that friend, uh, trouble happened and that delay caused something good to happen or protected you from something else, help that was just right there at just the right time. And you knew it was God when you looked back. You know, in the meantime or at the moment, you can't see it, but after you get past it, you're able to look back and see how all those pieces just fit together. And you say, wow, that's amazing how God is capable of doing that in our lives. And some people would argue, well, you know, if God is that, that detailed and that much paying attention to my life, then, you know, that doesn't, that doesn't sound like a big God to me. Well, the truth of the matter is that's how big He is. He's capable of doing that in all of our lives. Now, as you grow to spiritual maturity in Christ, the more and more you're going to be able to trust his timing as you grow. Trusting God's timing for your life. I remember a while back, we were at Six Flags, and James David and I, we were kind of partnered up, and we went wandering around doing, doing the rides at Six Flags, and it was the best day. We were on like perfect Six Flags universe timing. Every ride we went to, it was like perfect. It was like somebody just rolled out the red carpet for us to get on at just the right time. We rode so many rides that day, and it was, it was awesome. Even if somebody cut in line in front of us, it was like for our benefit, you know? Everything just worked out perfectly that day. But you fast forward a few weeks later, and we were way out of kilter. We wasted our day. We stood in lines getting all the way to the front, and they would shut down the ride, you know? Uh, We'd try to go to the restroom, and it's the only one within like a mile, but that you got to walk. We'd try to go to the restroom, and someone was in there cleaning it, so we couldn't even use the restroom. We'd have to go find a restroom. Well, too often we feel like that in life, and we feel like things are out of kilter. We feel like, and here's the truth. When you are God's child, when you belong to Him, you've also turned your life over to Him, and you've said, okay, God, I'm going to live my life on your timing. I'm going to be where you want me to be as best as I can, and I'm going to trust that everything that I do all throughout today is going to be within your timing and your will and your plan. As Christians, we have the option to believe that bad timing is more than just bad luck. Bad timing is more than just bad luck. Instead of just believing it's bad luck in our lives, we can reroute our thinking to our faith. And instead of just getting angry at the distractions of life and letting those things ruin our day, we can stop and say, you know what? God may be actively involved in this and getting me to the right place at the right time with the right people. We have the alternative to believe that God is working on our safety he's working on our purpose and our placement in his timing that's the choice we can make now, sometimes god protects us with his timing losing your keys can protect you other times god has purpose and he's got placement he wants us somewhere You see, we pray for God's interaction in our lives with us every day, and timing is one of the big ways He interacts with us, getting you where He wants you to be. You're His missionary. You're the person He wants to be certain places to talk to certain people at specific times. One day, I was at one of my locations where I'm a chaplain, and, and I was just about to leave and I sensed God saying, the Holy Spirit saying, hey, you need to go to this location in the back. Well, that wasn't where I normally go. The other chaplains take care of that location. So it had been a long time since I've been in there. So I was like, okay, God, I'll go back there. So I went back and I got in and I started saying hi to people. And it, wasn't, it was just in short order before I realized why God wanted me to go back there. One of the employees, her six-year-old little niece, had passed away the day before. And she needed help. She needed strength. She needed somebody to talk to her. You see, that's how God works. God knows where his people are and where he needs them. God knows where you are and where he needs you on a daily basis. Try to think of it as, you know, if you're, a, if you're an employer, you know where the people are that are working for you. You're the one that is supposed to make sure that they're accomplishing things and doing what you want them to do to build the business. And this is God's business. God is saying, I know where you are throughout the day, and I know where I want you to be. I'm going to place you there, and it's all going to happen with things that probably get you off kilter, but you have to stop and say, wait a second, I'm not going to let this ruin my day. I'm not going to let this stop me. This is going to be about God's timing today. One day, I got on the elevator. I was way up in this building, and as I was getting on the elevator, I couldn't get my security card to work. And the only way to do that was to go all the way back down, get on another elevator and use my security card. At first I got frustrated, but I stopped and I was like, you know what, God, what are you doing? You've got something in plan here. So I went all the way down, got on another elevator and came back up to a different floor. And as soon as I got off, there was a guy that was dealing with something he had a friend that was about to commit suicide, and he didn't know what to do. He was frustrated. He was, he was hurting and was able to talk it through with him, and that friend was able to be taken care of. You see, when you commit your life to him, you're working for him all day long. You are. No, John, that's not me. I just want to get to heaven. I just want to be saved, and I just want to get to heaven this series has been about you believing in heaven and believing that that's there so much that you make this life about that. And what a mistake it would be for you to get there and go, oh man, I wish I had made that life about this. And so the challenge here is to understand that you can, from this day on, begin to make this life about that. And you'll never regret it. You'll always be grateful that you did. So when you commit your life to Him, you become His employee. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? It's kind of scary, though, isn't it? You become an ambassador for Christ wherever you go, in his time. You see, you think you're just going to the store to pick up something, but God has somebody there for you to meet. You think you go to work to pay the bills, but God has a mission for you. God's timing is no coincidence. So the God of the Old Testament, let's talk about him. He's the same God, Jesus, God the Father, God the Holy Spirit, same God. He was on a huge time schedule i don't know if you recognize that he had the messiah's death burial and resurrection on on a specific timeline when jesus would be born when jesus would be crucified and when jesus was raised from the dead all of that was on a specific timeline and jesus death had to happen on a specific year specific day at three o'clock in the afternoon for thousands of years, God had that timeline to work with. And at one point, he had to reboot everything with the flood and start again. So he had all of that to happen. You understand, when, Jesus, when God created everything, he put the cosmos in place for there to be a, 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 a solar uh, eclipse. On, the, on that specific day, on Passover weekend, A solar eclipse at 3 o'clock in the afternoon happened. On that specific day, and that's when Jesus died. All of that had to happen within God's specific timeline. And Genesis 15 and 16, let's we're gonna start there today, records the story of Abraham and Sarah. They're trying to have a pro- the promised baby, which eventually is going to become the lineage of the Messiah. And This baby would then have babies, and they would have babies for the next 2,000 years until the Messiah came and died on that specific time and that specific hour. God had promised Abraham that he would be the father of this great nation and that nothing, absolutely nothing during that period of time was happening, though, for them to feel like, okay, this is going to happen. Why? Because Sarah couldn't get pregnant. One day, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. And God said this, don't be afraid, Abram. I'm your shield. Your reward will be grand. What's he saying? Believe in what I have. Begin to live today like you believe for that. Your reward will be great. I know. In, what, in other words, Sarah, I know she's not having a baby right now. That's because of my plan. That's because of my purpose. You see, God was trying to reassure Abram. Wait. Be patient. There's timing in this. So Abram and Sarah had been waiting and waiting and waiting for a baby, and it just wasn't happening. And Sarah uh, could not have a baby. She was discouraged. She was frustrated. And they were getting older, and they were beginning to believe that the time would never come. And Abram responded with this to God. He said, God, Master, what use are your gifts as long as I'm childless? And Eliezer of Damascus is going to inherit everything. It was one of his servants' children." Abram continued, see, you've given me no children, and now a mere house servant is going to get it all. So Abram was really saying, God, I don't trust in your timing. This isn't happening. I know you're saying this, but I don't believe it. Then God's message came, and he said, don't worry. He won't be your heir. A son from your body will be your heir. So then God took Abram outside, and he said, Abram, look in in the sky. Do you see what's up there? There's a bunch of stars, as many stars. Can you count them? And Abram was like, no, I can't count those stars. He said, that's how many children you're going to have. That's how many people are going to come from you. Eventually, you've just got to believe. And the scripture says that in that moment, something happened in Abram. And it says he believed God. And because he believed, God declared him to be righteous. And righteous means to be set right with God. It's like setting your clock to the real time clock, right? What is it? Greenwich Mountain Time. And when you set your clock compared, you know, to that and you know that this is what time it is, you know, they say the guy with two watches doesn't really ever know what time it is. But when you set your clock to that one clock and you say, all right, this is the time. That's like being set right with God. You get an alignment with God and you say, all right, every moment of every day, I'm about God's purpose and God's plan and God's will for my life. and, And he was set right with God, Abram was. So righteous means to get an alignment with God, to be set right with God. And when you believe what God says, something changes Inside of you. When you believe what God says. Something changes inside of you. And it changed inside of Abram that day. And he was made right with God. He was set right with God. When you have faith. You see your life. Suddenly has explanations for it. When you're set right with God. The things that have happened, the places that you've been that didn't make sense, the things people did that didn't make sense. Instead of bad things just happening to you, you see meaning, you see placement, and you see safekeeping in your movements. Life begins to make sense. The time of your life, the timing of your life begins to make sense. In spring of 2017, Angela and I were scheduling a vacation for the family and uh, Angela was like okay I want to take I want us to go to Gulf Shores that was her favorite place and I was like okay I'm just not sure we can swing it financially this year and I really didn't think we could afford it but there was something inside of me. I, I almost I, w- I was going to go to her and say Angela we can't go on this vacation there's no way we can afford it it's just not frugal it's not it's not where we need to be and as I was about to go do that, God said, no, stop. I want you to schedule it. Okay. So I did. The whole time I was like, man, how are we going to pay for this? You know, this is a big vacation. How are we going to do this? You guys know dads. And uh, when you get on vacation and they want to go out to eat, then you're like, oh, geez. <laughs> Even McDonald's costs 50 bucks now, Right. So we went, and we were having an amazing time. Um, the third morning, I got up, and I grabbed some coffee, and I went out onto the balcony just to look and see if I could see some dolphins. It was about 625 in the morning. And I sat down, and, and I started getting alerts that there was a storm rolling through Little Elm back home. And so I, I started looking at it, and it just looked like a bad storm rolling through. Well, then my neighbor called me, and I said, hey, what's up? And he said, man, your house has been struck by lightning, and it's on fire. I said, well, how bad is it? It's bad. I was like, no. He said, I've already called the fire department, though. I was like, Okay. Got back in the car that morning after we got loaded up and uh, heading back, and by the time I had uh, well, I called the, the hotel to work on, you know, letting them know that we had insurance for the trip. They said, oh, don't worry about it. We just wrote it off. We've already reimbursed your money. I never had to pay for that trip. Yes. <laughs> but, you know, I was in the right place at the right time. We weren't home by God's direction. And God protected, God saved, God whatever. I don't know what would have happened if we had been there if I had disobeyed. When you believe in God like Abraham did, everything has purpose and meaning. God was asking Abram to believe he had good things in store for him. And he's asking you to believe the same thing. Believe he has good things in store for you. And you'll begin to live like that. When you believe God your life becomes different. For those of you who are single, you have to believe God has someone out there. But if you don't believe that, you're not going to live like you're marriable. I tell people all the time, if you live marriable, you're going to get married if you want to get married, right? But if you live stupid, you're not going to get married. Nobody's going to choose you, right? If you're stuck in a bad job, you need to pretend you're in a good job. You need to pretend your boss is telling you everything that needs to be told and you're going to do the best of your ability. And guess what? Eventually, you will find yourself, you will work yourself into a place where you have a better place to work. Work like you are responsible for everyone else being there. And eventually, you'll be the boss work like you want others to work for you. If you're stuck with your finances and and see no light ahead at all, begin to believe that God has deliverance. Otherwise, you just end up squandering it all. You see, that's what happens when we don't believe, when we don't have hope. We squander what we do have, and we, we do like the scripture says, eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. God says, no, I want you to believe that there are better things ahead. I want you to believe that I also have heaven in store for you. Believe in what I say, and it will cause you to live a better life today, and it will cause you to live a life of meaning and purpose in God's timing with everything that you do and everywhere that you go. You see, when Abram believed, something changed inside of him, and he knew that God was going to do it, It had been a long and difficult time for Abram and Sarah. They left their home, they left their family, they left their friends, and they'd wandered around for a long time, nothing to show for it. They didn't have a baby. Finally, God gave them a piece of land, but it wasn't the promised land. And certainly no baby. It wasn't this big promised land that is. It was in that area, but they didn't have a baby and they were just stuck there. They lived that way for 10 years trying to have a baby. And when God is doing this, they're they're, they're like, man, why is God doing this? What is God doing? When is God going to do it? We don't understand. How long do we have to put up with this? Well, for 10 years they did that. And you can hear the servants talking about them. Well, they think they're going to have a baby from God. Look how old they are. They're in their 80s and 90s. This is crazy. Why would they think they have, would have a baby from God? Crazy. You see, humans fail to consider the timing factor of God's work. Don't make that mistake yourself. To show Abram how committed he was, this is really, really important. God made Abram a covenant that day. And he had Abram bring a cow a goat, and a ram. Each of them were three years old. And he had him cut them in half, and he laid the cow, the goat, and the ram on one side and the other half on the other side. And it's kind of funny when you read the story because God told him to do this, and he also had a dove and a young pigeon somewhere in the mix, and and God had told him to do this. Well, he hurried up and went and did it. God didn't tell him when he was going to come and do something with it, so it's really kind of funny when you read about it, because Abram does this, and you can see this old guy, he's out in the desert, and and all of a sudden the buzzards start flying, and he's waiting for God to come, and he's got these carcasses laying there getting hot in the sun, and it's obviously going to start stinking and everything and, and the buzzards are coming they swoop down they're trying to get it look what it says vultures swoop down on the carcasses but abram scared them off so here he is out there he's waving and trying to get them away and he's like god why don't you come now what's the deal you told me to do this now i'm stuck here trying to get these buzzards away this is ridiculous. God never told him when he was coming. He just told him to go do it. How many of you ever been there? Then the buzzards come and you're like, "Did you really tell me to do this or not? When are you going to show up?" Abram obeyed, but he didn't know God's perfect timing. But he obeyed. You can imagine how frustrated he was at that moment. But God didn't say, "This is when it's going to happen. This is when I'm going to come." And often we think God's delay is God's desertion, but it's not. If you've been waiting for him to come through on something for a long time, don't stop. Don't quit. Just stay at it. You see, God didn't desert you. Maybe you just didn't wait long enough. The vultures of life will come, and you think God's abandoned you. No, it just wasn't His time yet. You need to remember that God may be slow, but He's always on time. And just because the vultures have come to devour, it doesn't mean He's not showing up. It says, as the sun went down, a deep sleep came over Abram and then a sense of dread and dark heaviness. You see, God then began to tell him that his descendants would spend 400 years in slavery and that they would eventually be free and brought into the promised land. And it says, when the sun was down and it was dark, a smoking fire pot and a flaming torch moved between the split carcasses. All right, So this black cauldron, basically, a smoking fire pot, and this torch walked between the carcasses. What did that mean? It says that's when God made a covenant with Abram. I'm giving this land to your children from the Nile River in Egypt to the river Euphrates in Assyria. So you see, this was a covenant that God was making with Abram. The dead carcasses were symbolic to say that if if the covenant was broken, the one who walked between the dead carcasses and made the covenant would have to pay for the broken covenant with their life. That's what it meant. So the symbolism of the fire pot and the flaming torch, I'm not sure. It's widely speculated, so I'm not going to go into that. What is obvious here, though, is... That God was making a covenant with Abram. He was making a covenant with with mankind, and Jesus was the one carrying the fire pot and the torch as it walked, as the as it floated through the dead carcasses, and and God sealed that by walking through with through the blood with the carcasses and did not have Abraham walk through it because this was a one-sided covenant. Only God was making this covenant with man. The real promise of God is in his passing through the dead carcasses stating that if I break this covenant, I will do it with my life. Did he? Absolutely he did. You see, God was saying... I'm not going to do this. No, I'm going to do this no matter what you do, Abram. I'm going to do this no matter what you do. This is my will. I'm not asking you to walk through this. I'm not asking you to do anything with this covenant. I'm walking through this and I'm going to do this no matter how much you mess this up or mess things up. I'm going to do this no matter what you do and I'm going to make your name great. I'm going to make your descendants great as numerous as the sand on the seashore. I'm going to do this and I commit to you with my own life that I will keep this covenant with you until I give my life to break it. That's what Jesus did. Jesus paid God's way out of that covenant. And at the same time, he established a new covenant with us. Isn't that awesome? Abram believed God. But God didn't say for sure that he would be Sarah's son. So Sarah messed things up because she assumed, well, he just made that promise to Abram. And here's here's the scripture, a son from your body will be the heir, he said to Abram. Well, Sarah twisted that, and she said, well, the Lord has kept me from having children, so uh, go sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. In other words, God said the son had to come from you, Abram, not me. But God didn't leave Sarah out of this. Sarah counted herself out. She didn't trust God. She didn't believe God. She quit believing. She caused Abram to make one of the greatest mistakes he had ever made. And in fact, that mistake is still bringing division in our world today. Because you see, after, after 10 years of living in Canaan, Sarah and Abram had a son with Hagar. Abraham had a son with Hagar, that is. And his name was Ishmael. Ishmael had children, and and a couple of thousand years later, there was a man named Muhammad that was born through that lineage, lineage, and from Muhammad uh, comes the modern-day Islam, or Muslim religion. So that decision that Abram made that day still affects us all the way to this day. And here's the beautiful thing about God. Jesus died for them, too. Jesus died for the Muslims too. He broke that covenant with his life. It was broken and he made a new one. And it was for everybody. Isn't that awesome? How many times have we given up when we didn't come, when God didn't come right away or do what we wanted him to do right away? How many times have we given up? James David, would you come? You see, Ishmael has caused all kinds of problems for Abram and the people ever since then. And when we don't wait for God's timing, we create Ishmael's. What has God promised you? He's promised you eternity. He's promised you eternal life with Him. A great life. But how many times do we forget about that? We do things to comfort ourselves. We do things to make ourselves feel better for the moment. And we mess things up. You see, God has a perfect ideal life for you. But when we don't wait for His timing, we take shortcuts, just like Sarah did. And we make things wrong. We do things wrong, and then we create more problems, and then we go, God, where are you? Why did you allow this in my life? Joseph ended up in prison because he spoke too soon. Jacob had to run from his family and never got to see his parents again because he stole the birthright instead of waiting for God to give it to him. One day, King Saul was facing huge battle against the Philistines and his entire army. They were terrified. The enemy had 3,000 chariots, 6,000 horsemen, and it says so many soldiers that were going to come against Israel that they couldn't even count them. They were like the sand on the seashore. Israel's army went running for cover, hiding in caves, ravines, wherever they could take cover. And Saul was given orders by the prophet Samuel to come and make a sacrifice to God. But to wait for Samuel to do that. He waited seven days and said, man, this is getting bad. All of my army is leaving. I can't wait for God anymore. I can't wait for Samuel. I've got to take control of this. And so Saul, the king of Israel... He made a sacrifice himself instead of waiting like he was told to wait. You see, God's timing is very important in our lives. And as soon as he did that, Samuel walked up. If he would just waited a little bit longer. Look what it says. Samuel said that was a fool thing to do. If you had kept the appointment that your God commanded by now, God would have set a firm and lasting foundation under your kingly rule over Israel. As it is, your kingly rule is already falling to pieces. God is out looking for your replacement right now. This time, he'll do the choosing. When he finds him, he'll appoint him leader of his people, and all because you didn't keep your appointment with God. So what does it look like? Well, Noah waited for rain for a hundred years and he built a ship. God told him, This is what's gonna happen. He began, he believed, and he began to build a boat. That's what it looks like. Queen Esther was patient and let God lead her to a place of influence with the king. She was patient and let God's timing come to pass. Job was patient and waited for God to vindicate him, heal him, and restore him. And everything was eventually restored two times more. Joseph learned to wait on God. And millions of people were fed because Joseph learned to wait on God as he sat in prison for 13 years before he was put in the palace. Jesus was the greatest example of God's timing. His whole life... You could hear Jesus say, no, it's not my time for that yet. Not time for that yet. The Father has a schedule, and I'm on that schedule. You have a schedule from the Father. When you ask for His interaction in your life, you're asking for His timing in your life. Do you trust Him? 30 years ago in January, started dating the most beautiful woman in my life, never realizing that 30 years later in January, I would lose her. I have to trust in his timing. I have to believe in what he said about heaven and I do and I'm doing the best I can to live my life like I believe are you do you really belong to him When you wake up tomorrow, are you in his timing? Yeah, if you've given your heart to him in your life. Don't be frustrated. If you're waiting on something to come, something good to happen, be patient. Don't create any ishmaels that cause problems. Be patient. Your father knows what you need more than you know. That's what Jesus said. He knows what you need more than you know. His timing in your life is impeccable. Trust Him. Trust Him for that child to be saved at just the right time. Don't intervene. They say it's like a butterfly, it's still in the cocoon. It's in there and it's working its way out. And if you out of mercy walked up and you took a razor and you cut open that cocoon while that butterfly is trying to work its way out, if you do that for him out of mercy, that butterfly will never fly. And God knows what he's doing in your life. He knows what he's preparing for you. You've got to be strong and get stronger because one day he's gonna let you fly. Trust him. Believe in him. Would would you bow your heads? You're not here by accident today. It's God's timing. Some of you are sitting there thinking, oh my God, I can't believe he's talking about this. It's God's timing. He's speaking to you. And maybe today he's like what he said to Abram. Hey, trust me. It is going to come. You just got to trust me. You just got to wait. Believe in what I said. And maybe you're here today and you've been doing things wrong because you haven't trusted Him. You're trying to comfort yourself, you're trying to ease your mind. It's time to trust Him. Those things destroy. But God wants to set free. God wants you to live a long and healthy and strong life. At least until He has called you home. It's time to trust and time to believe. Maybe you're here today and today is the day that you need to give your heart to Christ. It's God's timing. Now is the time. Just invite Him in. It's a relationship. It's not some... It's not some prayer. It's about you saying, God, I want you to come into my life. I accept you for who you say you are. And I invite you in. I, I want to get to know who you are, what you like and what you don't like. And I want to believe, I choose today to believe that you have a future for me in your kingdom. I believe that. And I accept you into my life today. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name.